listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, trading, selling, fixing, modding, breaking. Boutique. Podcast. <laughs> That's right. The Boutique Podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about tremolos? Tremolo? Tremolo? Or tremolo? No, I think it's tremolo. Boutique? <laughs> Oh, Who man. was it that was calling us out for that? Everyone calls us out I for that. I know, every single person. You can't name, oh, this person calls us out because we've been called out multiple times. Yeah, over and over again. We never remember which one is the correct one. It's Boutique and Tremolo, right? Uh, tremolo. Boutique and Tremolo. And we usually say Boutique and tre- Tremolo. Boutique and Tremolo. That's what tremolo? we usually say. Look, Boutique, th- Tremolo. Th- there might be a few people who can identify with this, and they probably also pronounce, they probably still pronounce Boutique and Tremolo, right? Uh-huh. But I grew up in a family where, uh, you know, the the stream behind your house is the crick. <laughs> and the thing that holds... Uh, Pepperidge the, Farm remembers. And the, yeah. And, <laughs> and, the, and the thing that holds the trees in the ground is the roots <laughs> the roots the roots and the so, thing on the top of your house is the roof is the roof <laughs> so <laughs> i mean yeah i'm from san diego whatever but that's that's how sure I mean, well we're a melting we, pot we had, here we had a washing machine <laughs> is that all from your dad yeah that's from your dad's that's, side uh, that's rural midwest talk i guess yeah so we got some Indiana listeners who may or may not be able to confirm the existence of last, those what, words. The, the last time I had family members from the Midwest was my great great grandparents. <laughs> I think. What is this? A genealogy podcast? And they all. Long story short, my family was in Hawaii, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Everyone went to Ohio. Two years later, everyone's like, Ohio sucks. Everyone moved to Ventura. This is this is, a, this is my dad's side of the family. Right. <laughs> so I've got literally like two years worth of Midwest in my belt, in my blood. Right. Yeah. All I know is right now I'm tired. Why are you tired, Steve? I don't know, man. I'm just worn out. Is it too late in the day for you? I don't know, but I'm determined that even if it hurts like hell, we're going to make it through this podcast. <laughs> it hurts like hell. Yeah. The, the P&Ws who listen might get that reference. We're not going to explain it because it's not worth yeah, it. All right, moving on. What's new? What's new? Uh, last week, I got to play around with the Strymon Dig. Wow. Yeah. Over at Salvage Custom. And then I watched a video about it. You got to watch the video about it. Lots of you got to watch that video. If you haven't watched the video, mm-hmm. jump on the YouTubes and check it out. Uh, we do this really fun and beautiful video of Daniel Tyak of Salvage Custom playing around with the, the Strymon Dig Pedal. Is that on our channel or on your on the Best Friends channel? It is on, uh, it's probably on both. But <laughs> okay. I'd say it's de- you definitely want to watch the one on our channel because then we get the ad revenue and we right. don't we don't have to share it with Adam Powell. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. Sorry, Adam. We make money other ways. <laughs> we've oh, made yeah. we've right. made a grand total of four dollars so far on our YouTube videos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that, it's oh. big money. Yeah. Well then you know, for twelve videos, it's I guess thirteen videos now, yeah. but But uh, what what have I got to say about the dig? Uh, it sounds great. It's yeah. a great digital delay. It's a double delay, so you got two delays in one. It's not you can't switch one on or off. 
but it's like you're combining delays to get like galloping effects or extra long yeah. kind of things or fight them against each other to make chorus or flange effects. It's a, it's a really useful, creative delay. It's 300 bucks though. Uh, what do you think about that, Steve? What do you think about the price? Uh, well, so, um, I mean, for you're basically getting two delays, sort of. Yeah. So, I mean, 300... Well, you're, you're getting an effect that can only be reproduced by having two delays or pedal that does two delays. Right. So, you know, I mean, if I math this out real quick, like if, if I was to try to hunt down like a pair of like simple tap tempo delays, like a Boss DD5, probably looking at like 60 to $75 a piece on that. So on the high end, and th- these are used prices, like we're looking at say $75. Right. Uh, so for two of them, 150 bucks plus like a, a tap tempo... Uh, I think you can get those from like, is it um, Saturn Guitar Works? Sure. Make some. Yeah, they make so taps. That's like thirty bucks or something. Yeah. So you're I bet you could like find, a, find one of the Boss taps around cheap somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. But but the Saturn ones look so better. Freaking huge. Yeah, the Saturn ones are small and they look better. Um, they got all those rings on them. And so you're looking at like maybe 175, 180 bucks, and that's used market stuff. Um, so 300 bucks new. I mean. It, I don't think that price that price is matches pretty much everything else Strymon has put out. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's kind of like the expected price uh, for all of that kind of modulation stuff. Um, and I mean, you know, while I I said like, oh, this and that and whatever, that was a really short version. <laughs> yeah, compared you did to the DD five. But if I was looking at like something new, I think the DD seven is like one fifty. So yeah. a pair of brand new DD7s, you're looking at 300 bucks. With the DD7, you get some features that the Dig doesn't have. Sure. With like reverse delays and whatever else. Um, but I think the Dig has some, seems like it has some interesting features yeah. that the DD7 wouldn't be able to do it either. It has expression pedal controls that apparently you can control whatever knob you want. Right. Uh, I don't know how that all works. But that could be a lot of fun. Like, I could imagine myself having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, the DD7 has expression, but I think in order to do expression, you have to sacrifice tap. I think uh, the, I think the okay. expression... I don't know how it works. I, I don't want to... I know you can control time with it because that's why it replaces tap. I'm not sure if it also... If you can set it up to change um, any of the other functions... But I know you can change tap or the time with it. So, uh, so yeah. So I know the internet's been going crazy with the dig. It kind of first leaked out with that um, the Strymon open house uh-huh. a couple weeks ago. Well, I think they, which they, apparently we could have gotten into if we would have just pulled some strings. Sure, but we didn't know about it till like right before. And I don't know about you, but I've been stupid busy. You probably could have made it, huh? I probably could have made it. Yeah. I could have made it happen. Yeah. But it's all right. We'll get the next one. Yeah. Maybe they'll do uh, a pedal that will be inspired by our request. And then we'll go for the grand opening. What was our request? Uh, well, we'll have oh. to make a request. Oh, I was thinking of the request. <laughs> I was thinking of your mock-up from a couple years ago. Oh, the Metal Zone? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's for 300 bucks. You know, I've, I've been kind of critical of Strymon in the past, not not because of Strymon, but because of the hype around it. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that I'm not a big analog delay guy. I'm not a big like 
a chorusy reverb guy. I like kind of classic reverbs. Right. Uh, the the uh, the flint really didn't do it for me. Even though you'd think that would be the perfect thing for me. Uh, the deco so far has been the only one where I've actually been interested. And then this, I'm actually a digital delay guy, so this is actually pretty cool to me. Um, so I could kind of see myself maybe someday d- dropping money on this, but I, you know me, I'll, I'm going to watch the used market. Yeah. Well, if it's anything like any everything else that they put out, like it's going to take it's going to hold it a forever. few years to. Has any other stuff really dropped value on the used market? I think the Flint. I mean, some of their stuff has. Uh, the Flint has held really well. I think the Brigadier and the Blue Sky have started to sort of come down. And then there are other stuff like the Ola. Um, uh-huh. The Ola. I didn't even know the out. Ola existed um, until a few days ago. I'm not sure about the Lex, but some basically like the the reverb delay and delay stuff. So, like I said, the the Flint, the Blue Sky. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which were both kind of pedals that were supplanted by the timeline and the big sky. Right. And then the Brigadier to a lesser extent. I'm not sure what the Brigadier goes for now. Uh, and I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting. Yeah. I just feel like uh, a lot closer to 200 bucks. I'd be motivated for some right. of these. I'd be motivated for the Deco and be, I might be motivated for the Dig. Yeah. I don't know if Deco prices have maintained. I, I feel like... They probably have, but I, I really don't know. Right. Well, I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on it. It's probably going to be the thing, the sort of thing where I pick one up in like a decade. Right. Well, you know, one one thing we haven't said with about the dig that I think is a is a big take home is it is the standard Strymon footprint for like their non right. super programmable stuff. Yeah. So that is going to be smaller than all of your. Oh Maybe yeah, not all of your dual tab, all no. of your tab delays, but most of them. But what we were talking about, like putting your own, t- together your own recipe of two delays plus a linked tap to get them both on the same tap, that would take up much more foot room. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that might be smaller is the, um, but then you need a true bypass pedal. Is the QSAC? Uh, is it the the tapa the tapa delay or whatever like i don't i don't know what the names of his pedals are but i know he has he's released some pedals i was looking at his website they're not really pedals they're just the effect right and they're designed to be put in a true bypass loop oh and so yeah basically they're those they're guys. in like a really small box so you could get a pair of those in like a true bypass pedal uh-huh and a tap pedal and probably take a similar real estate if not maybe a little less than the dig and i mean you'd have a lot more flexibility in terms of positioning because you're talking about four individual right pieces of gear that you could kind of spread out around your board yeah on the one hand that could be super functional for space saving on the other hand it could be really annoying because you need a bunch more cables right totally but if you if you're already running a looper that might be the way to go you yeah. know so i don't know there's a lot of it's 300 bucks in the grand scheme of things it's not really that big of a deal yeah, unless it's, you're broke yeah unless Mon- you're broke money if you're, bro- if you're broke then you're getting the Dan Electro stuff so right. the thing that like I've been thinking about for the last two or three months really more than ever uh, with gear and seeing people complain about used gear prices is that something is only expensive if you want it and you don't have the money right totally so I think 
And this kind of almost goes back to the sellouts episode where we kind of talked about where our experiences with experiencing all this new gear uh-huh. is I've kind of come to realize that like, at least for me, like originally I thought a lot of the high end gear world was like, oh, this is so expensive. And the more I look at my personal spending habits, I go like, eh, I could s- save up for this stuff if I sure. if I really wanted to. Sure. I mean, but, I go and I spend 200 bucks twice a month at Costco just for food. Yeah. That's just food. Yeah. I can, I can not eat for a week yeah. and buy a well, pedal. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I got fat reserves. <laughs> you, could, you could switch to, to rice and pinto beans and, totally. and ramen for, yeah. for two weeks. And, and, and instead of spending 200 bucks at Costco, you spend, you know, 30 bucks at Costco sure. and you've got 170 bucks in, to, in, to whatever. Instead of buying that fancy snooty prepackaged chicken breast. That I have to that I defrost for my dinners. I could do the hard work. I could go buy cheap fryers, like the whole roasters. <laughs> I could break down my own chickens. And I could probably save forty bucks a month, and I could put all that money towards gear. Yeah, and and, I'm, <laughs> and I know that they're they're. I'm not trying to downplay people who are legitimately like in situations Absolutely where not. they're way over their head. Let's let's be honest. All of this stuff. No one needs yeah. this stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is like... This is all this is all hobby purchases. If you're a professional musician and you're buying this for your profession, that's different. Yeah. Uh, the vast majority of us are hobbyists. Yeah. Even have, if we have bands and we make, you know, a hundred bucks here and there, yeah. we're hobbyists. And I think a ton of the guys who are on like the pro or semi-pro track, like... They don't even care. They f- Even if they do care, they find ways to make what they have work exactly until they can get the thing that they want instead of just complaining about oh i don't have this money yet well they just go and like bit get or book like three or four shows and then buy yeah. the pedal they want complaining that a pedal is outside your price range is like complaining that you can only afford a 32 inch tv when like 70 inch tvs exist right and it's like that's not a necessity just move the tv closer it's pretty much the same thing yeah and there's definitely like (laughs) things on the market that i don't understand sure uh, have you seen the dual or is it dual the deluxe memory not dual the deluxe memory is it the deluxe memory man tap tempo uh the first edition, there's only like 500s. Weren't, we, weren't you talking to this? I think so. We talked about ago. this a few episodes ago. Yeah, Did they're you like stupid expensive. Yeah, somebody uh, in one of the groups I'm in bought one for like $875. Yeah. I'm like, great, you have 1.1 seconds of delay. Yeah. Buy it. I, I just, I guess it's like super analog and whatever, but all I can think <laughs> of is super analog. Super analog. Yeah, there's different degrees of analog. Yeah. Not many people realize that. <laughs> There's super analog. There's grande analog, which is actually smaller than super analog. Yeah. And then there's super grande analog, which is even smaller than grande analog. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those things where... I don't know. I just He doesn't know. I don't know. You know, it's totally like a personal thing. What what your budget is, what you're going to do with it, you know? All right, let's get into some ads. Ad time. (laughs) Are you going to sing the ad theme? I just did. Oh, that's the whole theme, huh? Yeah, that's all of it. (laughs) That's a nice song, Steve. All right. Okay, this first one is from Jimmy Taylor. James Taylor. You want to read this thing? From James Taylor? Yeah, he saw fire and rain. Whoa. 
and this ad. And this ad. <laughs> Rare 62 Fernandez Jag, like new, $225 in Port Orange. Wherever that is. Uh, yeah, no idea where Port Orange is. Uh, sounds like it should be in Florida. Where Where are you at, Jimmy Taylor? I should know. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is a geography podcast sometimes. Steve this should axe, know where that is. This axe is a very hard guitar to find. <laughs> Why would you find... Anyway. Uh, it has nothing ro-ung. R- oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot about this. This is yeah. uh, this ad is a hard read. With it, but needs the imp- input jack rewired. There's a lot of hyphens there. Yeah. When did input become two words? <laughs> and there's some people who argue that that it should be called the output jack. Yeah. Uh, rewired. Made sometime in the 1960s MIJ by the best. It plays it and sounds as good as any MIJ Fender Jaguar or better. If you can find one like this one, I will give $100 and this guitar to the finder. Whoa. Not the finer, the finder. Right. So if you find it, then you're the finder? I thought you would be the finer. Or you'd be the finey? No, you're the finey if you receive the fine. You receive the fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so if you can find one like this, I will give you $100 and this guitar to the finder. So if you find this guitar, you are both the finder and the finee. Yes, the finee. Because he's going to find you. I don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah. If you want a very good guitar and want and a one only left in the USA, this is it. So apparently this is the only guitar like this in the USA. Here, I spent maybe 10 or 12 minutes trying to find information on this. Um, it's the uh, I think the the model number for this style is JG sixty five. I don't know where he's getting this nineteen sixty two number from because Fernandez didn't exist. Um, it might be something where maybe that was like a series they did. It this the thing that makes this different from everything else in the. JG 65 series is that it has the Jaguar style segmented pickguard with the metal parts. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find that on any other of these guitars from Fernandez. Right. All the others had a solid pickguard material. Um, I also couldn't find any with this finish. It looks like a very like hand sprayed burst and I don't see any grain coming through it and it looks like a matte finish. Yeah, it's not pretty. I'm... I'm having two instincts with this. Okay. The first instinct is that someone bought a regular JG uh, 65 and they did a bunch of modifications to make it their own. Mm-hmm. They put, they like squeeze some Chrome Jaguar hardware on there or fender parts on there and then cut the pit guard just the way they wanted. It's hard because there's only the one picture. You can't, yeah. you can't see the close up details there. You can't even see the headstock. And that would be a telling thing. If this was from the 60s, the headstock would be crazy. But it's not from the 60s because Fernandez uh, opened for business in 68? 69. 69, dude. Um, and then I don't think they were even really making electric guitars in, into well into the 70s because they started out doing like classical guitars. Right. Um, I, I would... I, I would challenge the listeners to try to take him up on this $100 offer 
where if you can find another guitar just like this or figure out the origin of it, then you can get $100 and this guitar. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, how... What, it, what level of finding it does he want you to find? Like, right. what if you just Photoshop it? What if you call up Fernandez and send him the picture and be like, hey, can you tell me about this? Yeah. And then you get the information and then you write this guy, hey, where's my hundred bucks and my guitar? Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It, it's a weird, who, who says, like what person says, hey, I want to sell you this guitar, but if you can find another one like it, instead of selling it to you for $225, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks and the guitar. It's crazy, right? So I'm, I'm not going to sell this to you. I'm going to give up. It's a contest. $300 to you, basically. Right. What he's going to do this. is if you find information on it, he, he's hoping that he's going to find out that it's worth like thousands of dollars and then he'll just be like, sucks to be you, sucker. You're not getting anything. Yeah. And then he'll sell it on eBay, you know? That's probably what he's, he's probably running some kind of stupid scam like that. He's some doofus out there. It's just weird and... But... It hurts my heart. Have we ever talked about Fernandez guitars before? Not really. Do you have any experience with them? Very minimal. I owned a Fernandez for six months or so. I remember that guitar. I bought a Fernandez sustainer, which is one of the ones that has a built-in Ebo, basically. Right. Uh, it was a really good deal at a pawn shop up in Temecula, California. Uh, this is a geography podcast. And I took it home and I played around with it for six months. And it's a very, it was a very nice playing guitar, very comfortable, great neck. Uh, the pickups involved in the sustainer system, not impressive. <laughs> I did not like the sound of them. They were, they were really muddy, really uh, not great. And that's the sort of thing where I was like, I don't want to separate this thing from a sustainer system because that's something that a lot of people really love. Yeah. And I ended up selling it on Craigslist to a guy who was like, a huge fan of that type of guitar. So I'm glad I didn't try to fix it up and change it around to be what I wanted by do doing a pickup swap. But uh, other than that, it was a really great guitar. I think Fernandez does really nice stuff as far as playability goes. Right. And this thing is, it's uh, 225 bucks. It probably, probably plays great. Um, I'd want to see better pictures of that finish before I pull the trigger on this. Just cause yeah, I just want to see like a shot of the headstock. It looks kind of funny. It looks like hand sprayed, but that might be your thing that I definitely like the pick guard setup on this better than the, the other versions that are available. These, these guitars new are like your $400 range. Yeah. They're not great. You pro there's probably not a lot of flip in this now that it's already probably used. No flip in probably it. no flip in it. Um, but 225 if it's a playable guitar, that's a great deal for a guitar you're going to play. Yeah. You know, if you're not looking to flip, that's that's a great price probably. Yeah, it it's probably plays really well. I know I've known a few other people who have owned um more classic styled Fernandez guitars cuz they uh -huh. do do like just more of a early we'll do like strat. Like back in the day they did like more straight ahead strat and tele type stuff and people uh -huh. seem to really like them. Uh, I actually like the most famous Fernandez uh, is the Billy Joe Armstrong. His sure. His Daphne was it Daphne blue? Is that uh -huh. the light? Is that like the sky blue? I think. I think so. So he had one of those, and like the that was like the original Green Day guitar, and I think that was the guitar that like basically 
after every show he would smash it and then his guitar tech would like glue it back together <laughs> and it was just this like it was like just an iconic guitar for a super long time uh-huh. and then he got like a Gibson's endorsement oh, or whatever I didn't get into my second uh, suspicion with this guitar yes it might be a one off kind of like showpiece from the from the factory oh huh like maybe like a prototype sort of thing or like a you know like a 20th anniversary sort of deal uh it might be something like that so it might be something actually pretty special uh you i wouldn't be able to figure that out without better pictures of it you know hey you know what speaking of one-offs from the factory Uh uh-huh um i don't know if you saw this but i figure we can i'll just drop this in here because it's convenient sure uh we actually got a little uh, response from Wampler. Oh, did about we? About the faux tape echo. Oh, uh, yeah. I asked him about it. Uh, well, uh, the, I ca- the, I ca- the, the, the Christmas one. The faux faux ho. The faux faux ho. The ho ho fo. So he said, the ho fo fo. Uh, whoever runs their YouTube channel says, uh, every Christmas we make 10 or 20 of those for the hardcore Wampler fans. We used to just do uh, PS graphics for them. Oh, pho- I guess that's Photoshop graphics. Uh huh. For them as a tongue-in-cheek thing, but people kept asking us to make them one uh, with the Christmas graphics. It's just something fun and quirky we like to do. So it's like every Christmas they just do like a special run for people who are you know Pokemon pedal people who sure got, they got to catch them all. Yeah, because we were scratching our head a little bit on that one. I can see that, like not as. Like something for like the really, like hardcoreist of the sure their fan base. Com- uh, com- what is it? Completionists? Sure. Is that what it's called? Yeah. People who want to have every bit. Yeah. I mean, Wampler is one of those companies where you could definitely become a fanboy for them because they have a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. Like everything they do, as far as their drives, is just out of this world. I don't have any complaints with their drives. They do a lot of. Uh, Plexi style stuff, Marshall type, you know, Marshall speak, and a boss. Speaking stuff. of drives, yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this this pedal here. Yeah, it's the Empress Multi Drive pedal. You found this? I did. It was on our local Craigslist, and it it put me back a bit because it's only two hundred dollars. I feel like this ad was up a month or two ago for like two fifty or something. Didn't and you I was, say that these are like one fifty on eBay? Yeah, I was surprised by the price at first, but then I looked at completed listings on eBay, and they're going for as low as one fifty. Uh, which kind of shocked me because I remember when these came out and there was a lot of buzz around them and I thought it was more of like a $300 pedal. Uh, they're a really interesting pedal. Uh, and if I see one for Win 50 locally, I might have to grab it. But it's a, it's a distortion, an overdrive, and a fuzz with a, uh, a three-band EQ and, an, and uh, some other controls for some different like voicing controls for each of the drives all in one pedal but it's different it doesn't stack from my understanding it doesn't stack those drives or distortions it blends them so it's like they're driving independent of each other side by side Mm -hmm. without like the so it's not like the OD is feeding into the distortion that's then feeding into the fuzz so you're stacking drives right they're three separate channels independent of each other and you blend them together to create your own sound basically so it's a really interesting concept i'm surprised that they're 
going so low on the used market now. They're, I'm wondering if people just aren't stoked on them when they get them. Like maybe the individual drive sounds aren't all that great. But Empress is supposed to do really good stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's weird to me. I'd love to know. I'd love to have some insight into why these are hitting the used market so cheap. Because this is the sort of thing I would have a lot of fun messing with, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing that I could, I could see might be a weakness of it is the shared EQ for the yeah. for the three different drive types. But then, if you had an EQ for each drive, you would be slamming on nine more knobs. No, onto this. I know, I know, and it might be something where minimum six where more knobs. There's that. There are the individual EQ knobs, but because, um. Yeah, you have the EQ knobs, but you also have like these uh, notch. Um, I mean, this thing already has ten knobs, five, uh, five three-way switches, and two foot switches. Like, there's a lot of hardware in this pedal. Yeah, and there's already like filtering on each on yeah. each of the channels, so that might be enough uh, to kind of compensate for that EQ situation. Right. I mean, how how crazy do you want to get? Like this thing's already pretty all crazy. The, I want all the way crazy. You want a uh, you want a nineteen knob drive pedal? No, actually, <laughs> actually, I could see myself getting a lot of use after this out of this. The more I look at it, because I don't like drives with a lot of knobs. So the EQ is right. fairly straight ahead. If I mean, I it's could, te- it's technically three two drive knobs. Yeah, two knob drives. Yeah, and then like an EQ. Yeah could be interesting i mean if this thing's 200 i'm not gonna pay that but if i saw one locally for 150 or i saw one with free shipping on reverb for 150 or craigs or ebay i might have to pull the trigger just to play with it i know it's years past its prime as far as people being excited about it but hey maybe it can have a resurgence or something you know mm-hmm. i think it's an interesting concept yeah whoa did i just hit my glass <laughs> I don't want a party foul. Party foul, hit your glass. Uh, what are we drinking today? Water. Just water. It's uh, it's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Hey, it's or fu- Wednesday. It's uh, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> you don't even know what day it is. Yeah. I had a, I had an, a pretty extreme Memorial Day weekend. Extreme! So, uh, I'm a little bit out of I it. I saw you doing karaoke. I did karaoke uh, with my baby strapped to my chest, and it was like 1130 at night, and he was like <laughs> in and out of sleep, and I was waking him up with my singing. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> I was singing, I was busting some Desperado, uh, and he would wake up and look at me like, really, Dad, this song? I know, right? <laughs> I, I busted some uh, Run DMC, too, though. Oh, that's good. He liked that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next ad. Yeah. If I can find it. Fender Telecaster, Jim Root, and Double Neck V. $800. This is in Friant. Do we know anything about the Jim Root Tele? Uh, it's the Telecaster for Jim Root. <laughs> Luke Monday sent this to us. I want to find the email real quick. You find out how much they're worth. Here we go. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, I found it. He said, I'm not sure if Tim already sent this in, but he's the one who found it earlier today. It's a good example of the, I have to bundle. I have oh, so, to, so Tim Bolent found this okay, originally. I have to bundle this god-awful double-neck V with something or I'll never get rid of it tactic. I bet the guy bought the Jim Rutelli new just to sell the double-neck. <laughs> 
This is like one of those really awful double neck V's that you see posted around in like want to play guitar like ads on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Where it's got the V shape with an extra little diamond shape in the middle. It's a 12 string and a six string. I don't even know what brand these are. I can't read it. It doesn't say. Yeah, it looks like some weird... Crazy, like, Chinese import sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what those are worth. Probably, like, 300 bucks. Maybe. Maybe maybe more right than person. that. Maybe more than that new. I would be surprised if that was a value. Uh, do you have any lead on the uh, on the Jim Root? So, if this is a Jim Root USA, uh-huh. uh, which if it's a Fender Jim Root, I think they are all... Of the USA version, they're twelve hundred. Damn, new. Maybe it was eleven hundred, eleven, twelve hundred new, something like that. I'm not. I don't know what they go for used. It looks like used, maybe uh, in the seven fifty range. Okay. Um, so this really isn't a terrible uh, price. Uh, if you could find some. Hey non- man, if you can grab this and you flip that double neck for even one hundred and fifty, you got a six. Yeah. You got a six fifty. Get- Telecaster that's worth double that. New. Now, here's what I don't understand about this Jim Root and why I would not pay for this. Sure. Um, it is a it is a Fender. Uh, the Jim Root classically is EMGs. Oh. These are not EMGs. No, not EMGs in this picture. So, I don't know what happened to this Jim Root, but it has been modified. I see that it's a single knob and single switch. Well, that's that's normal. Yeah. Um, I just, but that's I, like a classic, like EMG, like who needs tone if you got EMGs, right? EMGs are tone. Yeah. They are pure tone. tone. EMGs, hashtag pure tone. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a guy's, you know, signature instrument. So, um, a lot of signature guys who put together signature instruments are going to go with a little different control layout. Sure. And for Jim Root, that is a selector switch and a volume knob. Sure. I mean, and the volume knob's in like a strat position. It's right there on the on the humbucker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe that that guitar won't carry the same value as it would new because of the pickup change. But it's still a USA Telecaster. Yeah, I'm sure it plays great. The Jim Roots are, are yeah. pretty actually. Uh, a lot of people like them. I mean, if you like, I said, if you can flip that V, if you don't want that double neck V, which you probably don't, because you're probably a sane person, you're probably <laughs> not crazy. So uh, you would probably try to sell that as quick as possible. I'm guessing somewhere in between 150 and 250, uh, 250 like best possible scenario. Unless yeah. that's some sort of secret, really good thing. It's but not. I really, really, really doubt it. Um, you can have a pretty cheap American Telecaster there that is pretty unconventional, and you can drop humbuckers in there of your choice. So this is a good ad. I might, if this was in our area, I might have jumped on it with a little bit of research, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do we want to get into the topic? Yeah. Do you want to read this? You read it, man. I don't have the voice. Oh, which one is it? Let me find the it. The spaceman. Uh, who's it from? It's from Brad. It's in the unused topics folder. Do you oh, know great. how to find that? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting uh. there. Uh, okay. So what accent am I supposed to read it in? Uh, he says uh, at the end, finally. 
So we're going to read this. Yeah, you read, I'll you read, read the this end part. first. Uh, <laughs> last part's first. First part's last. Finally, if this is one of those episodes that drifts into what is this, a regional accent podcast territory, please read this in the spaceman voice as I find your fake southern accents offensive, though still somewhat accurate. I guess what I'm saying is I'd be okay with something close to Foghorn Leghorn, but please don't use that drunk Struther Martin that I've heard you use before. Did he ask for me to? He said if if we're going to do a a accent, I don't know if I can do Foghorn. No, well, can you do the space the the moon the moon voice the moon voice? Yeah, I guess I could do the moon voice for this. Let's see what happens. All right, guys. I'm currently thinking about selling. <laughs> Let's see if I can do this. I'm currently thinking about thinning my stable, but one thing is holding me back on a couple pieces of gear. My problem is I got such great deals on some of these guitars, I'm never able to replace them if I decide they're missing too much after they're gone. For example, I bought, repaired, and flipped a Kawhi S170, one of the Hound Dog Taylor models for Blues Guys, last year. I sold it for five times what I paid, but now I miss it, and if I could find another, it would cost more than what I would want to pay. Now I'm looking at my Schecter Omen. It's one I'm thinking about letting go. I don't want to say exactly how much I have in it, but it rhymes with Schmerty Foo Haulers. I'm afraid if I let it go, I'll regret it and be mad at myself if I can't replace it. For a price that rhymes with less than B Cousin Ducks. I've got more that fall into the same category. Also, if I type this at traffic lights during my commute, so please excuse typos and wonky run-on sentences. I think that was the moon voice. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? I hope you guys got a laugh out of that. Yeah. I feel weird. (laughs) But, uh, so... I want to know, okay, so... Let's let's decode the the secret prices. Yeah, so Schmerdy Foo Haulers, that's $1,032, right? I think he's saying $32. Maybe it's 232 All these things rhyme with schmerdy foo. No, I don't think that's 232 532 I think he's saying he paid $32 for this guitar. I want to know what B Cousin, how much, what dollar amount B Cousin is. Rhymes with less than B Cousin Ducks. I'm betting 3000 bucks. But it's a Schechter Omen. Maybe it's a super, super special one. I have no idea. Cousin Ducks. Isn't there a game where you read stuff like this and you try to figure out what you're saying? B Cousin Ducks. B Cousin Ducks. This is awful. B Cousin Ducks. B Cousin Ducks. B Cousin Ducks. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I don't don't feel any closer. You know what? I think that that was a typo. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think of I the- think th- he wants 300 bucks. Okay. Which, I mean, if it's one of the higher-end omens, I could see 300 bucks. Sure. Sure. Especially if he's only got 37 bucks in it. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of this topic? You mean 32? Is that what he said? 32 yeah. bucks? Uh, I definitely understand the struggle um, because until you look at a piece of... G- of gear as just a commodity uh-huh um that you can replace or not replace depending on what you want especially once you got upgrades in it you know or whatever uh-huh um it's always going to be hard to uh 
to look at it as like, oh, I only spent this much. I'm never going to get a deal like this again. That's part of what took me so long to sell my jazz bass. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, I only put $150 into that. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I can get like seven or eight hundred dollars for this, but I'm never going to get another one of these four hundred fifty bucks. If I ever want another one, I'm going to have to pay seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. And so I had to work through the fact that like I barely ever play this bass. I don't ever see a time where I'm going to be in a situation where it's like, gee, I sure wish I had a had that five string American Fender jazz bass. Like everything was, um, more about like the nostalgia factor of it all than the actual, uh, worth of the instrument. And sure. And and looking at it from the aspect of like, Oh, well I paid this and I can't get this deal again. And I, I go through that. I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. Um, but I know one of the guys in our group, um, Ezra Graves kind of runs like a reverb store, I think something Uh like that. And he's talked a lot about like how he buys and sells gear all the time, like buy buys gear from people and sells it with the flip up. And he's like, it's just kind of has talked about how it's all about perspective. Yeah. And it's all about like, if you don't form an attachment to stuff because you already have like your go-to gear. Yeah, totally. Then then that allows you to focus on the fact that like this is business. And I think as hobbyists, especially like it's hard to look at things as like business transactions. Like I bought that uh, Squire bullet a few months ago sure, and I bought it for 40 bucks. I could maybe get like 150 bucks for it um, to the, like the right person. I think there's a lot of people who would, who would get it, who would be into it. Um, but I definitely like right now it's sitting in my closet and needs some repair work done. But even after I do the repairs, I'm still looking at it going like, man, I paid 40 bucks for this. Yeah, totally. It's kind of a weird piece. I don't know that I could ever like, and that's only like 150 bucks. Yeah. If I wanted to ever replace it and I'm still going like, man, I got a sweet deal. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I got that really sweet deal on that Jaguar a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I hit the realization that it just wasn't for me, but then it was like, I've wanted to have a Jaguar my whole life and this is a really great guitar. Yeah. And I got it for basically 200 bucks, which is like a steal. Um, so it was really weird to sell that when I, everything in me was like, you got to keep this, you got to keep this, you got to keep this. But then now I don't miss it, you know? Yeah. And so far of all the guitars I've sold, I haven't missed any of them because I end up getting new guitars, you know? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. I don't know. It's, it's, it is tough. Like the ones that I can't sell are the ones that I have put work into, like right. that I've customized and done really weird modifications on. Like I look at that's the, because they're not worth anything. That, after you that, do the modifications. that falls under the, the concept of too cheap to sell, you know? Like, because I've done things to them that have lowered the value lower than they would normally be, and I'm not going to spend the money to get them back to stock, those parts are gone, you know? Right. Um, like, I made that that Fender Flying V. Yeah. I might be... Like, if I found the right, right, right buyer, I might be able to get 300 bucks for that it. That thing is so weird. 
I think I would not be surprised if you put that up on like reverb, people would throw money at you. Really? It's just like, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. But I've never heard Someone Some, might see that and it might give them a major itch like they need to scratch. Yeah, and I've never seen any places where either I've posted a picture of that guitar or you post a picture of that guitar where someone's been like, oh, that's stupid. Right, people like, like it. Everyone thinks, everyone that I've seen react to it thinks it's super classy. First of all, they're all really confused. Right, right. And part of it is because it do- <laughs> in pictures, it doesn't look like a hack job. Right. Like the pit guard looks like Up, some well, look, I, looks looks legit. Like everything looks super legit about it. The pickups are slanted. Yeah. I mean, everything is very like I was seems very I was very intentionally trying to make a flying V that looked like Fender had made it. Right. And down to the detail of how the pit guard was formed and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's a really interesting piece in that respect. Um, yeah, I have no idea. It would. I don't play it very often, but I keep thinking I should. Like it's a. It's even though it's got Duosonic pickups in it, it's a really shreddy guitar. Like right. Something about the guitar just wants to like rip. Mm-hmm. It's a screamer. So I just haven't had a use for that currently. I've been thinking that you need a you need a genty side project. I want to refinish it. I don't want it to be black. Right. That's um, why you don't play it because it's yeah, black. Because it's black. And then I I might want to throw a hot rail on the bridge just to like just to spice it up. Change just it up because a it plays like a metal guitar. I feel like I need to have it be get that heat from it. You know. Right. So I don't know. Is I'm definitely gonna keep that one around. But I have so many other guitars like that that are weird. Like I've got the. I've got the 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 Strat with a baritone telly neck. I've got that uh, bad copy of the Fender lead. I've got you know what's another funky thing I did? My own my main Strat is so funky I can never sell that thing. Yeah, I've got six pounds of craft glitter and spray poly <laughs> on it, and <laughs> it's just stupid. Uh, and I've done all kinds of stupid routing in there and stuff underneath yeah. the guard. Um, I've got all these guitars around that I just can't really sell. And if I did sell them because they're so unique, I'd probably regret it. Yeah. I mean, when you're putting work into a guitar, it's definitely, it takes it to a different level. I would sooner give some of these guitars away to friends that I knew wouldn't sell them just so I could keep tabs on them. Right. You know? Um, But I think for kind of the guitars, types of guitars that he's looking at, like, Getting uh getting that Kawhi dirt cheap and then selling it for like a big profit and then being like oh man I kind of wish I still had that guitar like that yeah that's a rough place and that's a hard itch to scratch something like a Schecter Omen is so run of the mill like yeah they're every all day. over the place dude profit out yeah yeah I think that so that thing gotta go yeah the Kawhi it's like you know the 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 quality on some of those is kind of all over the map so if you get a good one. You could. It might take you buying four or five to get another good one, right? You know, and and I mean, my kind of the thought process and the advice I'm giving on the Omen is a reflection of kind of the process I went through again with that jazz bass. Where I went, well, if I ever need this again, I am going to have to pay more money, uh huh, than I originally paid for it. But in the meantime, like I can use the money that I get for selling this on other things that I want that you could flip up that I could flip up. Um, or I mean, 
and or not or but and also if i ever want another fender jazz bass i can go to freaking any music store in the united states yeah, and totally. get one i mean that th- you put a thumb rest on that but other than that it was stock yeah, yeah yeah and the thumb rest is like i could probably do that again if i had the i mean I, the only reason i didn't do that myself is because i don't have the tools sure so uh it's not irreplaceable i the kawaii might be something that is maybe even the Kawhi is not irreplaceable, but it's much harder to replace. Yeah, you got to watch the used market yeah. hard. Schechter Omen, like I see those. I mean, there's a bunch of different models, so it's hard to again, sure. it's hard to speculate. But like, they're not super uncommon. Teenagers are selling those on Craigslist all the time. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it's a Schechter, and this isn't so much a knock on Schechter, but I've kind of found that Schechter's at least like the Omen and the, and the C1 series uh-huh. uh, and kind of like their more metal-y stuff um, or like hard rock oriented stuff. They're just kind of generic players. That's sure. not a knock. No, they're just, no. They're just, you can pick up and I've, I feel like they don't play that differently than like an LTD no. or uh, an Ibanez. It's your standard guitar center kind of metal hybrid kind of guitar. Exactly. You know, like, oh, here's a guitar with a hard tail and hot pickups. Exactly. You know, and and jumbo frets. Yeah. Just get a daisy rock. Yeah. Call it a day. Yeah, get that sweet, sweet, like, like flower shape or the heart yeah. shape. <laughs> I like the butterfly ones. I like the flower ones too, honestly. Like the, the original ones. You need to start a uh, Flaming Lips cover band and, and use one of those. <laughs> Oh man, how did we get on this topic? I don't know. Oh, it's because we chose this topic. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I meant on the uh, Daisy Rock thing. Right, uh, right. <laughs> is there anything else we've got to say about this? I don't think so. Is there anything else we've got to announce for the future? Oh, hey guys, uh, we're still running the contest for that cheap Chinese uh, analog delay. Yeah, we need like four reviews. We need three. We need three reviews on iTunes, and then I'm going to release this thing to my favorite you know, review. You know, one thing I was actually looking through this, and I, I don't think we're going to change the terms of it because of the way we've been counting, is that we have 47 reviews, uh-huh. but I think we only have like 45 comments. Yeah, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to honor 50 when the number says 50 on there, yeah. even though it'll be star reviews. Uh, agreed. So if you want to push this thing over the edge, have your friends give us star reviews. Yeah, they don't even have to write anything. They just go and give yeah. us... Five stars. Go, go go on your mom or your girlfriend or your wife's computer and rate us from their account. Yeah, you know, push us over the edge. We got three to go. I don't want to. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to release this thing before I hit fifty. Don't make a liar. Do you even out of me. know where that pedal is? Yeah, it's up on my desk. Oh, okay, I was licking it the other day. you oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Pictures on Instagram of me licking it. Do you do weird stuff? I know. I've been getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> well, that, that was because someone posted a, a Craigslist ad where these girls were licking a guitar. Oh, right. And I was oh, like... Oh, that was so dirty. They're showing you that it tastes good. So I was like, I wonder if my pedal tastes good. I showed that picture to my wife. Uh-huh. My wife. And, and she was like, she was like, how old are those girls? Yeah. Like, I think you could get go to prison for buying that guitar. Oh. There's just, there's, I've just been noticing that there's, I mean, I, I, and I guess it's always been this way, but I never really thought about it until I started getting older that like in the like 14 to 25 age bracket, like 
basically like I've met four- Where is this going to go? <sighs> I know. <laughs> I'm just I, that, I might, should I be afraid? Just that in in adolescence and early adulthood, there is a lot of variation in in the way people look as they age. Sure. So you know, in most of these cases where people are like, oh, this guy's using underage models or whatever, they're probably not, but like, he might as well be. Right, totally. Like, you know, if the, I, impl- the implication is there. Yeah, I'm 30, I'm 31. If I shave my beard, I could probably, well, if I, 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 I use I've, this, got a, I've got a few gray hairs, but yeah. like, if I shave my beard, I could, I could probably pass as 22 the in rules, most places. The rules are the same as what checkers at the grocery store have to do for selling people alcohol. If, right. If they're if they look under thirty, you got to check. Right. Right. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like they need to hold up their driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> I personally don't look at models who look like they're younger at thir- younger than thirty, just to play it safe. Yeah, I'm like uh, Cindy Crawford, Claudia yeah. Schiffer. Yeah. Uh, really, the old ones. Um, the really old ones. <laughs> Sophia Loren's still in the game, right? <laughs> I don't know. What's our song this week? Our song is a very special song written special for the podcast, I think. Oh. It's called Steve's Pee Pee Song. Great. And it's by Co Schneider. <laughs> uh, you know, Co as the name Ad Wizard. Yeah. Uh, he's been a guest on the show and a frequent contributor of ads and various uh, topics. He, he wrote the song just for you, Steve, because you constantly make trips to the bathroom during episodes. Great. <laughs> People only know about those because you're like, oh, there goes Steve going to the bathroom again. Well, I think people have it figured out when you disappear for a couple minutes. Well, that, and that only really happens... Uh, that usually happens second episode after it, beers. And it really only happens noticeably when we have guests because I sure. just... When, I'll pause out. Yeah, I yeah. usually just leave because I'm like, ah, we got three people here. Two people can carry this. Yeah, totally. All right. <laughs> it always gets super awkward when you leave the room where it's like, where did he go? And then we hear your peeing super loud. Because it's totally not obvious. All right. All right. Here's the PP song. Steve's PP song by Coach Schneider. Uh, thanks for sending that in. Everyone, thanks for sending in the ads. Uh, if we, if you sent in ads for previous episodes and we read them and we failed to say your name, we're sorry. Oh, yeah. McCartney Diner. All yeah. right. Let's move on. All right. See you guys next week. Yeah.